The gospel today is from the book of Mark, chapter 2, verses 23 through chapter 3, verse 6. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing this, what is not lawful in the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in in the need of food? He entered the house of God when Abiathar was high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat. And he gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for humankind and not humankind for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Again, he entered the synagogue, and a man was there who had a withered hand. They watched him to see whether he would cure him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, Come forward. Then he said to them, Is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. He looked around at them with anger. He was grieved at the hardness of their heart and said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisee went out and immediately conspired with the Herodians against him how to destroy him. This ends the word. No, it's odd to be in this pulpit, but I'm taking the liberty to move locations as well for a variety of reasons. Let's pray. Our good and gracious God, we give thanks for this day. We try to continually be thankful for the rain, and we know there'll be a day when we really, really will need it this summer, when it's dry and hot and the grass is crunchy, Um, but it's been a lot, and so we give thanks for sunshine as well. The trees are greener than they've ever been. The growth is deeper and more abundant than it's been. Help us to be green also in this season of after Pentecost, when the church grows and reaches out and understands its mission. Help us, who have been confirmed at some point, many of us, to reaffirm um, daily that you have us as your workers, as your hands in this world, that we will also rest in you on Sundays and Sabbath and take time to deepen our relationship, no matter what age we are, and pray that you continually enrich our lives with understanding of the richness of your future for us when one day we'll all be together with loved ones and there'll be no more suffering or dying. But until that day, Lord, help us not to grow weary because we have honored the Sabbath day and spent time with you. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. I'm going to warn you, I've had a a mysterious frog that has moved in this morning, but I'm going to try to keep it at bay, even though it's probably green and I was welcoming all things green. Oh, that was really an awful image. I'm sorry. (laughs) I meant, you know, Kermit, that frog. Okay. Well, now you're totally off track. Okay. It was a fabulous sabbatical week that I had just recently. It was a change, a break from the routine, a revival. It was in a new city. It had new menus and restaurants, new historic sites, some of which I'd seen, Many, many new faces, many old friends, 1,700-plus men and women preachers were all gathered together 
millennials and midlifers and seniors infiltrated Washington, D.C. about a week and a half ago, this end of May. What were we up to? It was the annual festival of homiletics, which is a fancy word for preaching. We were going sort of our own revival. We pastors were together from 8.30 until 3.30 in the afternoon, many days, four days plus, and in which time we would hear, oh, up to three sermons, two little worship services, and then lectures on preaching and how to bring scripture to life in these complicated times. We sang and we clapped and we blessed each other. Each time a speaker spoke, all the people up on the podium laid hands on them, and then the congregation laid our hands on them from the distance, from the balcony. It was fantastic. We were Baptists. We were Lutherans. We were black and Asian and white, Episcopal and Presbyterian, UCC and African Methodist Episcopal. It was fabulous. We were one on top of it. We listened to each other's stories over lunch. It was a lot of church talk, of course, and a lot of uh, new ideas. We had a candlelight vigil for social justice, and senators addressed us from uh, Capitol Hill. We were made new. We were hopeful, empowered. We are new and hopeful and empowered, and we are connected. I wish it could happen for every one of you that in this uh, in similar way, with all denominations gathered together before we had so many divisions in our life. But that event healed all the divisions, if there were any, and we were very, very excited. So what is the secret? What's the secret to all of this energy? Well, I'd like to think Sabbath observance. The root word for Sabbath in Hebrew is to cease or to stop, to take time for refreshment from routines. The other six days, we need a single day, at least 24 hours, not just one hour on Sunday morning, but 24 hours of Sabbath time. Our culture, as you are well aware, is just wild and running us ragged. And we need to have more of you, Lord, and less of my agenda and my schedule. Lord, I pray that there might be, we sing, more of you and less of me. Even those of us in ministry full-time begin to think that, you know, we have to keep running and going and running and going and visiting seven days a week. And it's not true. We need to depend on God to be able to carry at least one of those days and us to kind of take the time to recharge, refuel. God, in his infinite wisdom, gave us that third commandment. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Holy means set apart. It means not just thrown in and then go back to business as usual by lunchtime. It means a holy day to the Lord. And it's my humble opinion this is one of the commandments most at risk in our society today. Sabbath keeping. Sabbath understanding. So I want to focus especially this morning on our youth in this department because it is kind of a day for them. You know, our teenagers are under more stress than ever before. We get a small glimpse of it when we try to meet for Thursday night confirmation classes. But all adults, as well as teenagers, need serious Sabbath time. And I think we need to model for our younger generation as well that we can all get by if we just 
go for walks, if we stay together as family, if we listen to each other, have that dinner time. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm remembering, Steve Quigley, as you're here today, that you had a Tuesday dinner that was your Sabbath time with your wife. And all the kids were grumpy and didn't want to have to stop and do Tuesday. But they began to do Tuesday dinner time, and they just shut the doors, and they listened to each other. And that became their holy Sabbath time set apart. And after Judy has gone and died, the children have wanted to continue and pick that up again because it's, a, it's, so, it's so much a gift that fuels our souls. We run ourselves ragged in this world as if everything depends on us, as if God isn't big enough to take care of a few things on his own or her own. Today we will confirm 16 students, and they have been fabulous. From grade school to high school, however, we know these children have nowadays sports. The church has a little challenge with sports attention. Practice for the sports is on Sundays now. Home games, travel teams on Sabbath time, Sunday ice time, and then there's the clubs, the choirs, the theater rehearsals, the dance classes, and the AP classes, the projects, and the never-ending assault on social media of all those screens lit up day and night with text messages, emails, Instagrams, the tyranny of the urgent. Some news you and I get and our teenagers get is dreadful and demeaning news on our cell phones. Convincing young people even that they are not good enough, they are not smart enough or popular enough. Some have to be in therapy because of the abuse they're getting from strangers in their schools, in their high schools, etc. And this affects their sense of worth. They need healing time affirmation and hope that comes from God's unconditional love and Christian fellowship and Sabbath time turn off the screens. We can hardly spend five minutes without looking. I know I have one too. But what a freedom it is when you actually don't use it for a day. How many of you shut it off for 24 hours? Uh, Well, there's an option there somewhere. You could start with five and work up. I know some of us have discontinued landlines. We're totally relying on these. But, you know, it's, uh, it's good to think about maybe limiting some of that for conversation. Notice our gospel this morning makes it clear that the Pharisees had a very strict manner for Sabbath-keeping. And Jesus was even reprimanded and his disciples for going through the grain fields and picking grain because they were hungry and they had no food. The Pharisees, who thought they were just perfectly uh, minding the law and were hypocritical and legalistic against Jesus, accused him, therefore, of breaking Sabbath law, of working, picking the grain on the Sabbath. But Jesus said, if his disciples have no food, then it's fine to eat grain on the Sabbath and to pick it. For Sabbath, he says, was made for humankind, not humankind to be slaves to the law. The Pharisees were slaves to the law because they wanted to one-up you, because they were better than you. It wasn't so much to be good servants of society, but they thought they were the really top-of-the-line followers of God's law. They couldn't wait, as you know, to trap Jesus over and over. A second time, Jesus edits the Pharisees' legalistic, limited teaching on the Sabbath. He heals a man with a withered hand so that he can make a living and not be on welfare, so to speak. And this is also in keeping with Jesus' interpretation of the law. 
It is better to heal and save a life on the Sabbath than to do nothing but rest. That wasn't the point God made. We are to use all of our skills and talents to help each other, even on the Sabbath. We are to be life-affirming, but also not to, but to give God the glory as well. We are, we are heading into a weekend. Um, we, when we go on retreats on weekends with our confirmation classes, many of you have been on these, it's always their favorite time of the year. Why? Because it truly becomes Sabbath renewal. For them, they get away from everything for um, two and a half days, really. For their spiritual refreshment is rich and abundant. It's not for an hour again on Sunday morning at UDLC, but it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday worship together. It becomes soul food for them. It's so wonderful to hear their sharing time on Sunday mornings as we go around to say what did they gain from this time together. They didn't have homework pressures. They didn't have sports practices. They may have run the zip line, but they cheered each other on, and it didn't matter if you won or lost. It was easy time to walk in the woods and talk together, to see nature up close, take pictures, to worship, and um, to just have time to be people. Naomi, one of our students in confirmation who will be confirmed at 1030, says this, I ask on the exam, what, what was uh, one of the favorite parts of catechism for you? And most students have this answer, the retreats. They were my favorite part of catechism. They helped me so many ways to strengthen my friendships with my peers. I learned a lot about myself and the other people and God. I'm sad there won't be scheduled opportunities for us to do something like that for a two- to three-day period again every year. Well, all you have to do is seek and you will find, Naomi. We can make that happen. Doesn't mean you're done in ninth grade. You can have it all through high school. We will make those retreats happen. One of our seminary professors at the uh, preaching festival I went to, Caroline Lewis, is at our Lutheran seminary in in, uh, Minneapolis. And she wrote an article after we got home. And it was about the deeper insight Sabbath time gives to our driven society and our driven preachers. Our time together was such a blessing. She writes, we need a recommitment to a Sabbath life a Sabbath perspective, not just reasons to take a long weekend or plan that long overdue vacation, a Sabbath perspective that reorients us to enter into Monday or whatever your Sabbath day can be and look for new ways that week where we might renew and restore the lives of others. Keeping the Sabbath, you see, is not just about your rest, but that of those all around you, We need a Sabbath awakening. We need to be told again and again that the Sabbath is not just for our personal well-being, but for the abundant life of the other, as Jesus modeled in today's gospel. A sermon that offers a view of Sabbath observance that simply encourages increased worship attendance and minimal activities on Sunday is at best, she writes, a truncated view of the Sabbath, and at worst, misinterpretation of God's commandment. 
Because Sabbath rest is life-oriented. It's life-giving for you and for others. And God rests for the sake of life, not for a break, not for some time out or time off, not for a job well done, not just to recoup, not for the completion of a week worthy of reward. But rest is needed. Rest is essential because it anticipates action for the sake of life again. We get ground down into a nub the way we go about life sometimes, running, rushing, thinking, doing, speaking, teaching, whatever it is. It's all good stuff in its particular amount. But we need a 24-hour period. It seems impossible. It's not. It's not. And we need to teach our children this as well, who are so obsessed with keeping up and succeeding. When Sabbath, Caroline writes, is for the sake of life, then it means getting back in there and figuring out where life needs to happen when Sabbath ends. When you're so jammed up you can't even hear some of your friends' need to be heard and to be helped and listened to, So when we stop, when we stop the crazy whirlwind, people can actually be heard in new ways, even your own family. And when our children all learn to slow down enough to take a 24-hour dose of Sabbath refreshment as well, in scripture, in the beauty of creation, and hear the Spirit's call to work for justice and peace, we will also be restored with them through them, and made new. Amen? Amen. Amen.